is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We've got three awesome tight ends at the top. And then what? Welcome to your 2018 tight ends preview. A lot of strategy with this position. We're going to tell you everything you need to know. I am Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Jamie Eisenberg is off today. And guys, how likely are you to have Gronkowski, Kelsey, or Ertz on your fantasy team? Hello, Adam. Hi. I, uh, I'm going to say I'm fairly likely that I'm going to have one of those three, especially if I'm picking, say, between slots one and six. Heath? I would give that a four on a likelyometer. Oh, the likelyometer. <laughs> the likelyometer. Uh, it, it could certainly happen. I'm not taking Gronk until middle, late second. I'm not taking Kelsey until early third. I'm not taking Ertz till late third. Well, you'll be happy to know that, uh, ADP will help you out because Gronkowski off the board 24th overall on Fantasy Pros. Now, all season long, CBS Sports is delivering the best fantasy football advice. We're doing it directly through the Google Assistant. You'll be able to compare players and get insights into who to draft all month long. We'll turn to Dave and Heath today to find out how this works later in the show. That's the Google Assistant. Very cool app. Please check it out, and we're going to give you a little demo later in the show. So uh, Jamie's actually in New York, going to be covering some preseason games and then doing the flex draft on Saturday with me. So unfortunately not here for the tight end preview. Tomorrow we're going to review our IDP league. We did the draft yesterday. Um, I got an A+, plus, just so you know, from the Fantasy Journalists. Uh, we'll talk about that in depth tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we'll have Chris Harris on, actually, to talk IDP. Today, all about tight ends and the Podcast League. I will make the announcement today. So, I asked you this question about quarterbacks. Let me ask you today about tight ends. How many tight ends are you comfortable with as your starter? Hmm. As Heath and I race to look at our I rankings, will, I will answer this the in is. the same way that I answered yesterday's. There are nine tight ends that I am comfortable starting for 16 weeks this year, barring injury, and that ends with Trey Burton at number nine for me. There are probably two dozen tight ends that I'm comfortable starting on a week-to-week basis, depending on their matchup. I'll go ten. Ten. Who's ten for you? My 10th in, well, it depends on what type of, or it doesn't even matter. I'm looking at my PPR ranks, but I have a feeling it's going to be the same guy, and it's going to be a guy that people are going to hear, and they're going to be like, whoa. Say it, Dave. What do you mean? Say it. It's different guys in different leagues. It's going to be 11 in non-PPR and 10 in PPR. Say it. Kyle Rudolph. Oh, that's not who I thought you were going to say. You thought I was going to say Jordan Reed? I thought you were going to say Eric Ebron. No. Ebron is not in my top 12. You couldn't possibly. You could not possibly draft. Now listen, Eric Ebron might be the steal of the draft. He might have a great year. You can come back, and li- you know, listen to this retroactively and make fun of me. But as of right now, on August 9th, you could not go into your draft going, I'm going to take Eric Ebron at tight end, and that's it, and I'm going to be just fine. He, no way. Later today, and I don't know when everybody's going to listen to this, but Andrew Luck makes his preseason debut. Yep. What if he throws a touchdown to Eric Ebron in that game? Well, I might move him up to 10th. I have him 11th right Off now. Off of one preseason touchdown. I I have him 11th right now. There's a the, the number 10 tight end is also playing, and that tight end situation is kind of in flux, and I'm definitely the highest in the industry on him. 
So it's possible those two could swap spots tonight. I also want to lay this question on you, Adam. You say that you just you can't do it. You can't pull the trigger on Eric Ebron. Well, not by himself and go into the draft. Like you, you know can have what? Him you can else. stream tight ends though. So you don't. You can draft two if you want to. I'm great with that. I do it sometimes. But if you're going to start Eric Ebron week one against the Buffalo Bills, I think. Then Cincinnati. C- Cincinnati Bengals. That, Unless he gets traded to Baltimore, then they, <laughs> then he plays the Bills. Okay, against the Bengals, then, then I'm fine with that. Draft uh, him, and if you if he if he's terrible for two games, then start somebody else in week three. I want to ask Adam about the other tight end in that Bengals Colts tilt. If you had to pick between Eric Ebron and Tyler Eifert, Eifert, you you can't pick that. You're going with Eifert. Eifert, one of my fun stats today. A tight end has been first or second in touchdown catches for the Bengals in four straight seasons. Twice Tyler Eifert, once Jermaine Gresham, once Tyler Croft. Andy Dalton hits up his tight ends. Look, guys, there, Jack Doyle is there. Jack Doyle was good. Jack Doyle was better last year than we've ever really seen Ebron be. Are we going to break into the full Eric Ebron section of the podcast right now? Tyler Croft scored more touchdowns than Jack Doyle last year, right? Oh, you probably, yeah. Probably that's a that's a nice argument for for Tyler Eifert, but uh, all right, yeah, no, no Tyler Tyler Croft's still there. Ah, who cares? Give me a break. Get out of here, Tyler Croft. We're all about Tyler Eifert now. <laughs> and, um, and this is just a glimmer of of what you'll find late on draft day if you decide to wait on tight ends, and if you are thinking to yourself that you've just wasted the last 120 seconds of your life listening to us glam and glam and glam about Ebron and Eifert and Jack Doyle and Tyler Croft and are you glomming about our glomming the the bills we said <laughs> Buffalo in there I mean this has been a, a headache it might lead you to take a tight end earlier right. than you think exactly so so that's the thing right so it's not it's not a great position it's going to be streaming at the end we'll tell you about the guy the gems I mean Heath kept alluding to that number 10 tight end that he has that he's higher on than the rest of the industry and that would be Hayden Hurst of the Baltimore Ravens the Ravens love to feature the tight end um, so yeah, but, but you know, you know, you've got uh, a great player in Gronk. And then there's a question that I think is really important when it comes to Ertz and Kelsey could impact a big season. They both scored eight touchdowns last year. Could, could, in, could impact a big season. Is that what I said? Could impact fantasy seasons in a big way. Um, both El- Ertz and Kelsey caught eight touchdown passes last year. Going into that year, going into 2017, neither of them had ever had more than five in a season. How confident are you that Ertz and Kelsey can get back to eight touchdowns? Ertz, yes. Kelsey, not as much. What do you think of that answer? Um, I would probably reverse it, but I don't have either of them projected for eight touchdowns this year. The thing is, and I know it matters because of how many total points they score and how much better than they are than the rest of the position, but Travis Kelsey with eight touchdowns scored like 40 more fantasy points than any tight end not named Zach Ertz or Rob Gronkowski last year. Right. So if he loses a touchdown, which is what I'm projecting, he scores seven this year, he still crushes the field. He still but the question the wasn't field? necessarily about crushing the field. It was touchdown production between the guys that are considered number two and number three at tight end. So if you think Ertz is going to score more touchdowns than Kelsey, why do you have – you have Ertz ahead of Kelsey in rankings? In non-PPR, I do. Oh, wow. I think he's got more upside. Based okay. on his situation versus Kelsey's. So some stats about the position. Uh, in two of the last three seasons, the elite tight end or tight ends, whether that was just Gronk, just Kelsey, or last year both, they performed like 
top 12 wide receivers, two of the last three seasons. Uh, the fantasy points for the number 12 tight end, we usually play in 12-team leagues on CBS, has decreased three straight seasons. So the number 12 tight end has done worse three straight seasons. And this, like, this stat right here kind of sums up tight end. Cameron Brait was number 8 in non-PPR and number 10 in PPR last year. In six of his final nine, nine games, he scored zero or one fantasy point in non-PPR. Could not even get to 20 yards in six of his final nine games. Was completely useless, and yet he was a top 10 tight end. And, and that's, it doesn't take much to finish as a top 10 tight end, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And perhaps the most important stat of all, I want everybody to remember, Travis Kelsey led all tight ends last year in interceptions thrown with one. He threw an interception. So, you know. There, how, how does that impact a uh, tight end? Big way, I assume. Okay. Not funny. Dad joke. Let's move on. I'd well, take a dad joke right now. <laughs> I made one earlier today, and my wife said, hashtag dad joke. Like, uh, What was it? Um, I'll think of it. It was you can't remember. It was really bad. <laughs> You're making dad jokes, but you've got great great grandpa brain. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, what is your general tight end strategy? So, if convenient, if it's convenient, I'll take one of Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz with one of my first three picks. Probably not my first round pick, though. Probably more like my second. Wait, probably you're never, ever taking one of those. I know, I pick. know. That's why it was dumb for me to save one of my first three picks. If I can't get one of them, I'm looking to get a tight end that I'm comfortable beginning the season with as my starter, not necessarily streaming, at a fair value. I, I can't look at it as I'm trying to steal a tight end. Like with quarterbacks, I felt like I was trying to steal them, right? Mm-hmm. Tight end, you can't do that. You'll be waiting all day, and you'll end up with Tyler Ebron or Eric Doyle. <laughs> and you'll be upset with yourself. Ah. I, I think you will be. And I think that there's just an, an inherent advantage to getting one of those top three tight ends because they produce more than the rest of the field. Okay, Heath, how about you? What's your general tight end strategy? Are, are we doing this again this year? What? You, do you remember the Heath each position? What is your general strategy for this position? I, reje- I reject it. I reject it, it. will be completely dictated by what happens in the draft room on draft day. Yeah, I don't believe so you're you. Not, you're, you're not looking for a tight end at value. Like I suggested, it's, well, it's smart to go into your draft hoping to get a tight end at a fair value. I am looking for every player at value. I, I am, I will take. Travis Kelsey, if I, he's the best player on my board at that time, and so yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm shrugging like you know the I understand. you know the you know that the the acronym. I do, but I but I don't really believe it because I feel like you go in there thinking to yourself, okay, these tight end these top three tight ends are this important to me, and I'll take them. And if I don't, then what do I do? You know, like, do you want to take, because I'm a little afraid of the middle tier. I'm a little afraid of Jimmy Graham. I'm a I will take Olsen, Olsen and Graham in the sixth round. I think I remember the acronym, by the way. It's seriously no intentional positional strategy. Snips. Snips. Snips, Snips this year. Seriously, Adam. No intentional positional strategy. Well, how about this then? If I miss out on the top nine, which would be Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Olsen, Graham, Ingram, in some order, Trey Burton, Delaney Walker. And I'm probably not going to – I might take Walker. Oh, and Kyle Rudolph. I don't know if that's 9 or 10. I'm sorry. I will take two. That was 9. And no, that's not necessarily true for me. That will be dependent on how deep the league is. 
I and I have in a few of our drafts done the Hayden Hurst Charles Clay combination because I think it's a pretty good one. And I think you can do the same thing with like a Jordan Reed Charles Clay or a Jordan Reed George Kittle, something like that. I I have a hard time in our standard drafts that are fourteen or fifteen rounds when I have to take a defense and a kicker and I only have twelve other roster spots with keeping a second tight end on my roster because I know each and every week there are going to be streaming options available. But I will tell you why you should do it. This is one of those zig when others are zagging or zag when others are zigging, whatever the stupid quote is. You had okay. it. I think a lot of fantasy owners this year are going to see the depth at quarterback and they're going to say, oh my God, what a great year to take two. And then if I hit on my second quarterback, the mother load in a deal, you're never going to get a mother load in trade for a quarterback because literally the roster, the waiver wire is going to be filled with quarterbacks. Everybody's roster is going to have a good quarterback. You're not going to get much for, say, Patrick Mahomes is your second QB and he ends up playing like dynamite. Really, you're doing that in case the quarterback that you intend to be your starter isn't doing as well. Tight end is going to be different because we know that it's a thin position. If you are confident in your tight end picking skills, you can take two tight ends this year. And that second tight end, if he hits and if you want to, you can trade him away and you won't get the mother load. Usually you get mother loads for stud running backs. But I think you'll get more in trade for that tight end than you would be for a quarterback. I can tell you the time when I would take two tight ends, and that's when I have a more balanced team. What often happens with me because of snips is I'll start off a draft with three wide receivers and a tight end, and then I'm stockpiling six running backs at the end of the draft, and I can't take a second tight end. Or I'll start off with three straight running backs, and I'm stockpiling wide receivers, trying to make up for that. So in those instances, I don't see any way I'd take a second tight end, but if I have a balanced team and I'm solid everywhere, then I might take a second tight end to protect myself. Okay, so let me ask you this. I want to give something the listeners can kind of grasp hold of. Gronkowski, Kelsey, Ertz. Gronkowski could go as early as the middle of round two. Ertz probably as late as like early round four in a 12-team league. On CBS, he's going 38th overall, so that would be early round four. But, you know, let's say end of round three, beginning of round four. From the middle of round two to the end of round three, uh, those three could come off the board, and that's in a 12-team league. So think about that value for them. Or compare it to Graham, Ingram, and Olsen who are going in round five, like round five, round six, maybe 55 to 65 overall or something like that. What group are you more likely to take? Mid-round two to end of round three for the elites or mid-round five to mid-round six or early round five to mid-round six for Graham Ingram Olsen? I can tell you so far I have more shares of Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz combined than I do Graham, Olsen, Ingram. Part of the reason why I want those elite tight ends is just so I don't have to deal with the rigmarole of tight ends. Getting a guy who's going to – what's a good tight end? We've talked about this before. Last year the average fantasy point total for the top 12 tight ends, this includes studs like Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz, was less than seven fantasy points per game. So a good week for a fantasy tight end in non-PPR is seven. In full PPR, I think it's like 11. I I don't want to deal with streaming. I don't want to have to go to my waiver wire every week or try and make a trade to get a tight end to fill a roster spot when I can just start my draft with one of these studs who should be productive most weeks. I want to get them. I understand that they are expensive and they're not exactly a steal, but the headache is off of my melon for the course hopefully of 16 weeks 
Yeah, the tough call, and maybe we, oh, we'll do it right now, actually. The tough call is like, let's take Gronkowski. You know, how many wide receivers, how many running backs have to be off the board before you take Gronkowski? Um, number, the number nine wide receiver for you guys is Mike Evans or Devontae Adams. Yeah, because Heath has T.Y. Hilton as a top eight receiver in non-PPR. Uh, he is Mike Evans 11th. So would you take Mike Evans or Rob Gronkowski? Gronk. Gronk. Gronk in, in non-PPR. I think Evans catches enough passes where he's better than Gronk in full PPR. How about Jarek McKinnon or Gronkowski? Gronk. But how about Dalvin Cook or Gronkowski? Cook. Cook. And I, I, I would take Cook maybe even in the first round in some drafts. So. Okay, okay, then I'll go down. So 10 for you at running back is Fournette. Fournette or Gronk? Um, Don't you dare. I'll, really? I'll still say it's really – I might take Gronk and PPR. Not me. I'll take Fournette. All right, so so basically what we're talking about here is no quarterbacks. Gronk's going ahead of the quarterbacks, but about nine, about eight wide receivers, about ten running backs off the board, and we'll start thinking about taking Rob Gronkowski. His ADP is a little bit later than that on Fantasy Pros. It's 24. On CBS, it is 21. But I will tell you, I was in a, in a draft last night, and I think he went 14th. Wow, wow. And like on a per-game basis, that's justifiable. He he's a if he plays 16 games this year he may be a league winner, even in the second round. And that's the whole bugaboo of Gronk is can he play 16 games? I don't think anybody's questioning his ability when he's on the field. They're questioning his availability and whether or not he can survive another NFL season. That's the risk you take, but you got you got to shoot for the moon with tight end if you can if if you want one bad enough. And and, think, and alternatively, I'm sorry, Adam. Yeah. Alternatively, the plan B to that is if you just you can't. You just can't trust Rob Gronkowski. Go after Kelsey or Ertz then. Well, yeah, I think the difference between Gronk and Kelsey and Ertz is a couple things. One, Zach Ertz has never had a 900-yard season. Gronk and Kelsey, you can probably expect around 1,100 based on recent history. Uh Gronk would be more than that if he would play 16 games. Kelsey only played 15 games last year. He sat out week uh, 17. He had 1,038 yards. Now, Ertz was also derailed by injuries. He played 14 games, and he also was banged up in two of them, left one really early. So, you know, he w- he would have gotten probably to a 1,000. But he's ne- has he ever played 16 games in a season? Maybe once? Uh, Yeah, no, twice. 16, 16, 15, 14, 14 for Zach Ertz. Okay, that's not, that's fine. Uh, The other thing is touchdowns. I mean, if you guys aren't necessarily expecting eight touchdowns from Kelsey and Ertz, we're definitely expecting eight touchdowns from, from Rob Gronkowski. I don't think we'd be surprised with 12 touchdowns from Gronkowski. He had eight and 14 games last year. That was actually a little bit low. He had three touchdowns in about two and a half postseason games. So, you know, he, how much better is he than Kelsey and Ertz? And do Kelsey and Ertz scare you at all in the second round or in the third round? Third round in a 12 team league. No, they, they don't scare me at that point in the draft. And it, it's, it's kind of insane because Gronk's ADP is 24. And Kelsey's isn't too far behind. But I do feel like there is a difference between Gronk and Kelsey and Ertz. The, the, you're going from, it's almost like Gronk is in his own tier. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has got his own tier to himself. It's his island. It's his world. He's riding around on a pony and he's loving life. And then somewhere else there's Kelsey and Ertz in their own world, which is a nice place. Just no pony. Uh, so let's talk auction then, and maybe this will help people. 
Out of $200, I would pay blank for Rob Gronkowski. $200? Because yeah. all of our auction values are based on $100 auctions. Yeah, I know. People have been asking me to do $200, so I'm trying to be a man of the people. Let's start at 35 and throw in a couple of shekels on top of that if you need to. Yeah, I think I, – I don't think – that. I think it might be 45 What would you pay for him in a $100? $100. 25 Well – that's interesting because we did – it was a crazy 10-team auction last week, and I got him for 14. That's but it was crazy. It was definitely guy. out of the norm. But, right, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. 45 okay. seems like a very pretty penny. I think I'd let somebody else pay that much. But I guess the the thing is because we, we think of it so much in terms of $100 auctions. Todd Gurley is a $35 player in a $100 auction. Mm-hmm. He's got to be at least 60 in a 200. Right. It, it's it's not, probably close to 70. I think when it comes to the stud players, it's easy to just multiply their $100 value by two. 100 times two is, um, you know what it is, 200. 200. Right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't need the calculator for that one. No, I threw Dave off, by the way. That's why he's, he's, uh, I was trying to cut him off. Um, out of $200, I would pay blank for Travis Kelsey. 25. Probably 35. I'm not getting any of these tight ends, Adam. This isn't fair. Greg Olson, how much? In the two hundred dollar budget, ten bucks. Fourteen. Trey Burton. Nine, ten bucks. Six. Fine. I got my tight end. Eric Ebron. A buck or two. Uh no, a buck. 11. Wait, can I use change? Two. A dollar <laughs> twenty five. Alright, so very, very little. Um we'll do sleepers, breakouts, and busts in a second. But you want to get in the podcast league, so let's get in the podcast league. We are going to have at least two, maybe three podcast leagues. One of them will be, well, I don't know. Is this confirmed? All right, I'm just going to say it. One of them is probably going to be a New York City podcast league because it's something that we're going to be doing in person with some New York City people. Don't worry about that one. Uh, that one I'll talk about at a later date. What we're going to have is the typical 14-team PPR podcast league. We've already got a few people that are in it. Uh, Dave, you already have your partner. I don't know if you're. I've got my partner. Yep. Phil and I are ready to kick everybody's butt. Okay, good. You got your partner, um, and uh, we've got uh, the the winner of the NFL draft contest, which I still haven't announced on the air. Um, but we got plenty of spots available there. And then Heath and I are going to run a uh, for the people league. It's going to be a half PPR league. I think it's ten teams. We usually do no kickers because Heath is the commissioner, and it's very fun. So our email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Please put podcast league in the subject line fantasy football at cbsi.com podcast league in the subject line we want something creative we want a poem not necessarily a haiku we've done those like two years in a row give us a funny poem about the show about us about whatever about football give us a rap you like dave's rap give us a rap either write it or better yet record it give us something fun give us something creative actually think last year we did uh, creative stuff as well and we had a really good time with it um a, uh, a a YouTube link would be great if possible. You can attach an audio file if you'd like, if you want to submit that. You don't have to go crazy. I will pick some people who don't go completely all out. You don't have the time for it. I understand. I will try to be fair. But send us your submissions. You'll have a few weeks. It's going to be uh, two Mondays from now, which is what? Was it the 20th? Or no, it's yeah, two Mondays from now. I think that's the 20th. Whatever that Monday night is at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you can't be in the draft at 8 p.m. Eastern, Two Mondays from now, please do not submit an entry. Also, 
You better play your fantasy football on CBSSports.com. To do that, go to CBSSports.com slash FFT. That'll let everybody know that the podcast is the reason you're signing up. The leagues are great. They're great for Dynasty. You can trade picks up to three years in advance. The commission tools have gotten even better. The app is easier to use. The only place I ever want to play is on CBSSports.com. Of course I'm biased, but I think you'll all agree. It is really the best. Uh, we've got a great support, great product. You're going to love it. Go to CBSSports.com slash FFT. My favorite sleeper tight end is blank. George Kittle. And I would begin the season with him as my starter, even though he's got a tough week one matchup against Minnesota. Okay, George Kittle. Heath really liked the Minnesota line. Yes, he's cracking up. (laughs) Minnesota, that needs to be from this point forward. Minnesota, uh, yeah, so George Kittle of San Francisco. Is the eleventh tight end off uh, the now board? Now you're just killing the bit. That's a dad joke. Um, he's the eleventh tight off the tight end off the board on CBS and right around there on Fantasy Pros. You can get Kittle about uh, round ten, about 120th overall. And Dave, I, I know you know this stat. You've said it before, but a tight end scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR in each of the last four games started by Jimmy Garoppolo. Twice it was Selleck, twice it was Kittle. But four straight games with a tight end getting double-digit fantasy points at non-PPR. And I'm hearing all about Kittle looking great in training camp. Of course, everybody looks great in training camp this time of year. If you have the chance, go back and watch Kittle last season. He was making plays after the catch, breaking tackles, looking very Gronk-like. And a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I loved Rob Gronkowski. And I was drafting him. This is when he was a rookie the year after that, too. I was all over Gronk. I've got that same feeling with George Kittle. I really wow. – and the risk involved, the 10th round, 9th round, whatever you end up getting him for, is nothing. So if he sucks, say he, you know, has an ingrown fingernail and he's out six weeks, not a big deal. You lose out on a ninth round pick, who cares? Yeah, well, you've got the wrong second-year tight end. That's the next Gronk, by the way. Uh No, I don't. O.J. Howard is the most gifted tight end, size and speed. Holy cow, that guy can play. And uh I just wish he was on a team that would let him. I, I hope they do. I hope they do. You're right. I'm going to. I I hope so too. But then they went and they spent a lot of money on number twelve tight end Cameron Brait. They did, despite uh, how he finished last season. Heath, your favorite breakout tight end is? Oh no, Heath sleeper sleeper. Ooh, this guy could be a breakout because he's never done anything, so he's definitely going to do more than he's ever done before. But I will say Hayden Hurst. What a shock. Hayden Hurst, the Baltimore Ravens, threw the ball 134 times last year to a combination of Ben Watson, Nick Boyle, and Max Williams. That's Max with two X's. Two X's. Max. (laughs) They, they, They led Dennis Pitta to an 80-catch season two years ago. They loved throwing the ball to tight ends. They knew they did not have one a, a good one, so they went out and drafted a grown-ass man in the first round, and <laughs> Hayden Hurst is that man. Hayden Hurst or George Kittle? Hayden Hurst. Kittle. Hayden Hurst or Tyler Eifert? Hayden Hurst. Eifert. Not a fan, Dave? No, I want to see it. Even if he does score a touchdown in the Hall of Fame game, I don't care. I want yeah, to see I, it. Would you, wouldn't you like to see Tyler Ivert play in a football game? I've done that. I've done that before. Well, I've seen year, him this year. No, not yet. No, uh, I'm okay. 
So Hurst is 12th for Jamie, 10th for Heath, and 27th for Dave. He's not Dave quite there. Dave hates his guts. All right, next up, 27th. breakouts. I'm not a huge fan. Breakout no. tight ends. Heath, who's your favorite breakout? I, I'll steal Dave's and say Trey Burton. And I don't even know if I like him quite as much as Dave does, but he's got the opportunity. I, I kind of go back and forth with him and Evan Ingram. I could even see ranking him as high as number six at the position if you wanted to go out on a limb with him. But we know Matt Nagy is going to run an offense that heavily involves the tight ends. They went out and gave Trey Burton a, a pretty fair amount of money. I would expect Trubisky's going to top, target him early and often, and Burton is a very athletic player. Yep. So that is my breakout because there's really only like one breakout <laughs> tight end. Kittle could be considered a breakout tight end too, but he's just going so late in drafts that he feels more like a sleeper. Can I just give you another sleeper, maybe a deeper sleeper? Sure. Peep this deep sleep. Mike Gesicki of the Miami Dolphins, who could fit into a role that's very conducive for a lot of targets. Short area passes from Ryan Tannehill. We know that's where he likes to go with the football. We saw him do it for years with Jarvis Landry. And Gasicki's been looking good as a pass catcher, not as a blocker, but as a pass catcher for the Dolphins. When Miami plays Tampa Bay, keep an eye out for Gasicki. He could end up being a decent streamer to begin the year. He's got Tennessee in week one, at the Jets week two, Oakland in week three. And I'll, I'll give a deeper sleeper as well. I like oh, Jake you Butt, like you and not, I cannot lie. There it is. That's a dad joke, right? I knew where you were going with that. Jake Butt. Reports coming out yesterday or the day before that he's now working with the first team. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a little bit of noise tonight in Minnesota. He is very excited to get on the field. And this was an extremely good tight end prospect until he suffered that injury at Michigan. The Broncos drafted him even though they knew he wouldn't contribute last year. Now he's going to. What kind of noise would Butt make? Uh, boom. <laughs> he's going to bring the boom. So, boom, I, boom. look, it's possible that Evan Ingram – has a breakout year. I know people are very split on him. We're probably going to talk about him when I ask you about, but, but I just want to say like, you know, Trey Burton is, seems like an obvious breakout. He was very good in two games without Zach Ertz. We don't have much to go off of, but a lot of reasons to like him. But Evan Ingram, he's being drafted 61st overall on CBS. He's the fifth tight end off the board. And there are a lot of reasons to be worried about him. We also know he's a great talent, showed a lot last year. And I, let's, I, I'm actually looking forward to getting into him. So blank will be a bust. Who's it going to be? Dave, you start. I'm not buying the hype about David Njoku. Okay. Just not. I think I think he'll disappoint you. He'll be a lot like he was last year. All right. Yeah. He's actually he went a little earlier. He's the 13th tight end off the board. Um. So David Njoku is a bust. Heath, how about you? Well, you said you were excited to talk about Evan Ingram. There you Let's go. do it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I just don't see any way he matches anything close to last year's 115 targets. And he wasn't extremely efficient with those targets in the first place. So if you see him lose even 10% of his targets, I think he's going to be worse than he was last year. With Greg Olson healthy, I expect a bounce back from Delaney Walker. I don't know why you would take him as the number five tight end. I don't think he's a breakout candidate at tight end because I don't see a reasonable path to being better than he was last year. What if he's just a great player? You know what? You know what? Hang on one second. I talked to you about the Google Assistant. Okay, I got the app on my phone. Heath and I were talking off the air about how cool it is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put it to the test. So I tried it out during a draft recently. I was stuck between two players. I I kind of knew where I was going. It was Darius Geis versus Jay Ajayi, but I was like thinking about it, thinking about it, 
And I said, let, let me ask the Google Assistant. Let me see what happens. So basically, you ju- I'm actually going to show you exactly how you do it. You talk to the app. It makes things easier on you. It gives you a, a second opinion, third opinion, whatever it is. And it's really fun to use. Google Assistant is a great tool for fantasy football players. We're going to show you how it's done right now with a tight end debate. So Dave and Heath, why don't you guys debate Evan Ingram versus Kyle Rudolph? I thought you were going to go with Rudolph as your bust, Dave, to be honest with you, but you didn't. Um, so why don't you guys debate those two, and then when you're done, we will ask the Google Assistant and uh, and break the tie. So Heath, continue on Evan Ingram. I, my question to you would be, he wasn't that efficient. with it. He was a rookie tight end. It finishes the number five tight end in fantasy last year. Pretty good. Very athletic player. The Giants like him. Maybe he's just really good. That's his. That's his angle to breaking out. Tell me why you you know. Tell, tell me why he's a bust. I do not think Evan Ingram is a bad player. He has to be really good to match what he did last year, and I don't think what he did last year will be good enough to be the number five tight end this year because of the aforementioned Greg Olson injury and and Jimmy Graham now playing with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Dave, you are more optimistic about Evan Ingram. He, he's my number four tight end, and it's not because I think he can – get into the same type of production level as Kelsey and Ertz. I just think that there's a clear divide between the top three and then the rest of the class. I think he's got the most upside of any other tight end, though. Here's 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 what I can tell you. In his last five seasons, Eli Manning has averaged at least 112 targets per year just to his tight ends. Ingram had 115 last season. Pat Shermer's tight end groups, so this is sometimes a case where there's multiple tight ends getting the numbers have totaled at least 700 yards and or six-plus touchdowns in three of his last four seasons as a play caller. Engram also finished last year fourth in fantasy points per game and left a ton of numbers on the field. He had 11 drops, the the, the efficiency rate, 55% per catch rate, 55% catch rate, I should say. It was ugly, and he still managed to be very, very good for fantasy purposes because of the role that he was in. Is his role, his role isn't changing. It's the opportunities that figure to change, but I think having Odell Beckham on the field and having Saquon Barkley in the backfield will make things easier on Evan Ingram because it stretches defenses farther. And there's a pretty legit track record that I just told you about of both Eli Manning and Pat Shermer utilizing the tight end. Pat Shermer talked about it this week on satellite radio that he sees improvement in Ingram. And I talked to a Giants beat reporter just to get an idea of what I was getting myself into with Ingram. The reporter said that there was one day in training camp, one day where Ingram had a couple of drops and he didn't look like himself. Every other day before and after that day, he's looked fine. Well, it's warm. I'm not going to blame his drops on weather. I'll, I'll blame the drops on concentration, maybe just the, the way that the ball is coming out. How many of them might have come from a different quarterback other than Eli? I will, I will counter by saying that Dave's points about Eli Manning averaging 120 targets for the tight end and a little less than that. The, a little less than 120 targets for his tight ends mm-hmm. and the 706 for the tight end group from Shermer kind of go back to the point though. Because last year, even during Evan Ingram's breakout, Rhett Ellison had 32 targets for 235 yards and two touchdowns. Evan Ingram's not going to get all of the tight end targets or all of the tight end yards. So if you're expecting 120 targets for tight ends and 700 yards and six touchdowns, Evan Ingram's a bust. Let's go to Kyle Rudolph now because Dave has Kyle Rudolph uh, 11th and Heath has him 6th. And really what I noticed about Rudolph is that, you know, 2016 he was the number two tight end in fantasy. 
2017, he was not, he was like seventh. Uh, he was sixth in non-PPR, eighth in PPR. He actually averaged more fantasy points per target last year than he did in 2016. Now, I'm not a huge Rudolph fan because I thought he was never going to get the 133 targets, 32 targets he got in 2016 again. And he would be a bust when the targets came down because he didn't do that much with them. But Kirk Cousins has a really good history, a good track record with tight ends. Um, maybe the maybe the targets go back up. They were at 81 last year. So, Heath, you like Kyle Rudolph more than Evan Ingram, and you have him sixth. And then we'll throw it to Dave, who has Rudolph 11th. Go ahead, Heath. Yeah, and you made a lot of my points for me in your introduction to Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he does have a quarterback that likes to throw the ball to his tight end. I do expect they come up. They're not going to be 132 again. You were right about that. But I don't think, I think it'll be higher than the 81 targets he got in 2017, just because Cousins is going to lean on a little more. And there are some things going on with the Vikings offensive line that may lead them to throwing more short passes. And that would work in Kyle Rudolph's favor. All right, Dave, what don't you like about Rudolph? Touchdown dependency. Thy name is Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. I think Shakespeare wrote that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, his track record is pretty clear that if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's, he's not going to be great for your fantasy team. Once in his seven years in the NFL, has he given you seven fantasy points or more without scoring a touchdown? He's given you at what? least 60 yards in eight of his last 32 games. Wow. So well, Kirk Wait. Cousins better look for Kyle Rudolph a lot in the end zone, like week after week, or else he's going to leave you with four, six, five. Six, four, and you're gonna say, why the, why the H-E double hockey sticks? Pardon my French. Did I draft Kyle Rudolph? I need a clarification on the, uh, once he scored seven fantasy points that a touchdown? Yeah. Wow. So he's that's, had one 70 yard game in his career? Is that basically what it is? Pretty much. Okay, or maybe he had a fumble in a game or something like that and knocked him down. Okay, um, alright, so you know what? Let's, let's break the tie. And here's what you do. You get the app out. Hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Hi, this is CBS Sports, and we are using our fantasy football computer projections and expert rankings to answer your player-specific draft questions. Ask a question like, should I draft Matt Ryan, or should I draft Matt Ryan or Alex Smith? Should I draft Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph? Take Evan Engram. He is projected ah. to be the number four tight end in both standard and PPR leagues. Kyle Rudolph is projected to be the number six tight end in both standard and PPR leagues. How about what else that? Would you like to know? Sorry, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, Can you ask Google. it, Vicar Ryan? <laughs> I would break it. Um, you guys both got a projection right. Dave has Ingram fourth, and Heath has Rudolph sixth. So how about that? But Google Assistant breaks the tie and goes with Evan Ingram, and it's just fun. It's really cool. It's really easy to use. Download the Google Assistant. You can ask it those types of questions. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it, and, and I think you will too. Also, each week we're going to tackle a key fantasy question. So submit your. Google Assistant questions to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com or at CBS Fantasy on Twitter to have your questions answered next week live on HQ. At CBS Fantasy, if you want it on HQ, submit a, a question at CBS Fantasy. You can download the Google Assistant app or you can use Google Assistant on Android all season long by just saying, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. All right, I think it's time to get into ADP and, and uh, talk about some more players here. So... 
Let's start with Rob Gronkowski. I think we've covered him sufficiently. If he plays 16 games, he could perform like a first rounder. You know, he usually plays about 14 games now. You know, he's, he, um, he missed one game due to a suspension last year, but games played in his last four seasons, 15, 15, 8, and 14. Uh, that said, he got a concussion in the playoffs. He maybe was seriously, maybe not seriously talking about retirement. There's, there are definitely some risks, but we love Gronk. All right, Travis Kelsey and then Zach Ertz. 28th overall for Kelsey, 37th overall, beginning of round four in a 12-team league for Zach Ertz. What are the likelihood that they're busts? The same likelihood that they get hurt. That's it? Because I, here's here's something with Kelsey. For, for whatever reason, they only had three targets inside the 10-yard line. That was weird, but I, I think that'll come up. They've never had a number three option like Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill. You know, they've never had three good options. And Kelsey has dominated targets. I mean, um, the third most targeted Kansas City player in Kelsey's four seasons uh, has not had more than 76 targets at all. And only once has the third most targeted player had more than 63 targets. So I think we think Watkins gets more than 76. Yeah, that, that's just all I'm saying. Like maybe there's, maybe Watkins yeah, takes away. I think the defense is probably, and maybe not, maybe there's a, maybe I'm not remembering 2014 well, but this probably is the worst defense the Chiefs have had since Travis Kelsey became a Chief. And I think that Patrick Mahomes, I've been toying with the idea. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do a projections update this weekend. I think I may have to add a few pass attempts to Patrick Mahomes because I think the Chiefs are going to have to throw it more. They're going to have to score points this year. Dave Ertz, um, you know, Carson Wentz is not going to play in the preseason. Coming off the injury. Now, he, Ertz did very well, very well with Nick Foles. You actually have Ertz ahead of Kelsey in non-PPR. Kelsey ahead in PPR. Do you, what's the, what's the danger in Zach Ertz? The danger in Zach Ertz is that the rise of Dallas Goddard is faster than anybody thought. And for what it's worth, he's having a nice camp. And the Eagles end up using him like they did Trey Burton. And somebody, Mike Wallace steps up and takes some touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey heals up and finds the end zone more. Nelson Aguilar is a receiver that I'm really starting to get into drafting at around 100th overall. He continues his touchdown tear from a year ago. The other, the other concern is what happens if Carson Wentz gets hurt again? And I think everybody is a little bit nervous about him. I'm not nervous, but a lot of people are about Carson Wentz not being quite at 100%. What if he's not as effective of a passer? What if he takes another hit to his knee? And then that leaves us with Nick Foles, who was great in you know, a couple of really important playoff games, but not sure if he can string together a full season or half the season, whatever it ends up being, if Wentz um, misses time. Well, here, here's Ertz. But, but here's points, what I'm saying though. is that I think the downside is is that Ertz is connected to Wentz very much so. I don't probably more so than Mahomes is connected to Kelsey. Yeah, I don't I don't worry about the wince part of it. I worry about the touchdowns a little bit. Yeah, but me too. We, we've got as big, if not bigger, sample of Nick Foles being awesome as we do Carson Wentz. Oh, come on. So not no, this 2013 Nick Foles was awesome. I know, I know. awesome. Two MV, interceptions and MVP over caliber. Like okay. So anyway, yes. uh, no Carson. Yes, Zach Ertz. It was a completely different system. It was the Chip Kelly garbage. Like, nobody took him seriously. 
Uh, Zach Ertz scored in six games with Nick Foles, including the postseason, in non-PPR, 11, 8, 2, 3, 9, and 13 fantasy points. Did very well in four of the six games. Yeah, I think the touchdowns, because like I said, he had three, two, four, and eight touchdowns in his last four seasons for Ertz. If we're expecting touchdown regression from, uh, from Carson Wentz, are we expecting it from Ertz? And then he hasn't gotten to 900 yards yet, and he's had some injuries, so. I, I've got him for 79, 885, and 6. I don't think, I, I don't think 79, 885, and 6 is necessarily round three worthy. You, I kind of, the, I just said that, and I'm look, I think maybe you're right. I would tack on a couple of touchdowns. I think he can do better than six. I, look, he's, he's healthy. And if Wentz does what we expect him to do, I know I laid out a gloomy picture of what could happen <laughs> if, if Wentz isn't ready, but I think Wentz realizes that he just doesn't need the preseason and he doesn't want to like deal with it. And if he's back practicing with the Eagles, that's good enough for me. Cool. All right. Next group. Now it gets more fun. Uh, more scary too. Jimmy Graham, fourth tight end off the board. Evan Ingram, fifth. Greg Olson, sixth. I'm going to go back to fantasy pros, but these are rounds five and six guys in a 12 team league. Jimmy Graham, Evan Ingram, Greg Olson. Thoughts? Well, you know where I come out with Ingram, and I just think he's got the most upside of the group. I would probably say that Olson, of the, of these three tight ends, Olson is the safest. Yes, I, I view Olson and Graham very, very similarly. I like Graham a little bit more in non PPR because I think he's going to score more touchdowns. I like Gra- Olson a little bit more in PPR because he'll make up for it in receptions. Um, I'm, it won't be but another week if Jimmy Graham is still on the sidelines with his knee injury that I'll start getting worried about that. Greg Olson, 33 years old. I looked at Tony Gonzalez at age 33, Antonio Gates at age 33. They were starting to slip a little bit, but they still were able to put up good numbers. Olson is coming off his first injury plague season. He has never scored more than eight touchdowns. In a season, never more than seven with the Panthers. And it makes sense because Cam Newton doesn't throw that many touchdowns typically except for his one MVP year. Um, and Olsen was just bad last year. I mean, he had 191 well, he yards. Yeah, but he played seven games and he had more than 27 yards in one of them. That's amazing. And I think he yeah, did it in the playoffs too. I almost think that the foot the foot injury happened pretty early on in the year. Week three, yeah. Yeah, and then he tried to come back and – Yep, you're right. Look, I just – I, I think that, I think that there's enough of a track record of Olsen going back before 2017 that fantasy owners can feel good about. I'll also throw this at you. The offensive line in Carolina is getting ugly. They've lost another in, a starter to injury. And it could mean shorter, quicker passes uh, for Cam Newton. Guys, I, I'm sorry. I don't see how a bad offensive line is good for anyone. And if those short, if the, like, I just don't Because it was, means more targets and more catches for Olsen. No, it means a worse passing game. Like, well, when you're thinking about seven step drops, of course. That's what Cam Newton does. No. He's, he can line up in the shotgun, get the snap and fire. Yeah. He's gonna have I mean, He to can, do. but he's, he's the most, he's an extremely inaccurate quarterback. He's throwing it six, seven yards. Uh, to Christian McCaffrey. Alright, so look. No, to Greg Olson. So, Olson, Graham, Ingram. It seems like a risky group to me. Well, welcome to tight ends after TE3. Yeah. All right. There then, is no feel-good fourth. Next group then. Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Reed, and Trey Burton. Now we are into t- 10 tight ends. 
These guys are going in round seven and eight in a 12-team league. Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Reed, and Trey Burton. Delaney Walker gets overlooked a lot. I think he's, I think he might be the safest tight end after you get past round six. So if you're, if you're just want somebody who can man that spot and get you, he can get you some yardage. He's done that in his past. I think he's a, he's a good one to target in that round eight, nine range, uh, depending on what your scoring is. It's going to be round eight if it's PPR, round nine if not, but there really hasn't been a standout receiver in Titans camp. Matthews has been sidelined. Taiwan Taylor has been getting a lot of good looks, but it's Taiwan Taylor. He might be the slot guy. Corey Davis has been on and off the field. Delaney Walker has been all reliable for Marcus Mariota, and I think the new offensive scheme that they're putting in will benefit Delaney Walker. Yeah. I, he's, he's, he is safe, Adam. He is, he is somebody that if you're waiting on tight end, especially in PPR, you shouldn't be unhappy if he ends up being on your team. Yeah, Delaney Walker led the team in targets with 111 last year. Rashard Matthews was second with 87. And then Eric Decker, who's not even on the team, had 83. And now they've got a new offensive coordinator. Maybe they throw the ball a little bit more, new, new philosophy. And, um, you know, Walker is just like Rudolph. He had a great year. It was, uh, it was two years. It was 2015. He had 133 targets. And he hasn't been able to duplicate that. That's a lot. I mean, that's a ton. But maybe he gets closer to that if they throw the ball more. Um, if I could ask a general question, you know, like, I don't know that Walker, I don't know that anybody wins their league because they have Delaney Walker, you know? He's just kind of steady, or maybe same with Kyle Rudolph. Like, does it make sense to take a guy with more upside, like Trey Burton? Yes, I would do that. Heath, what, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know in PPR that Trey Burton necessarily has more upside than Delaney Walker. Like, we view Delaney Walker as not having upside because he's old, right? But he could still lead this team in targets. Could lead him in yards. He could, he could lead him in touchdowns. He could be top three or four at the position in receptions. So, I, I'd probably, I definitely lean towards Walker in PPR, and I'm probably still taking him over him in non-PPR. I did say Jordan Reed, right? Yeah, so it was Walker, Rudolph, Jordan Reed, and Trey Burton. Reed's the really interesting one. Sure and is. if if he actually, like, it's sounding more and more positive. He's saying that he's pain-free. If he's actually playing in preseason games, I'm going to have to move him away up the rankings because he has that Kelsey Ertz Gronk upside. And but he also has that... Um, Tyler, what if, Tyler Eifert downside. Sure. <laughs> I, I'll Let's say that instead of what I was going to say because what I was going to say wasn't really very nice. I like his schedule to start the year. He's at Arizona. He's home versus Indy. He's home against Green Bay. Alex Smith for one year played like Drew Brees. In the previous 12 years or however long he's been in the NFL, 10 years, he played like Alex Smith. It would not surprise me in the least if he went back to Alex Smith, Alex Smith, instead of Drew Brees, Alex Smith, and leaned a lot on Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, those short area passes that are all within, you know, close range of the line of scrimmage, easy throws. And Reed is someone you can draft late and ride with until he breaks. And let's not forget, Kelsey has been the number one tight end in fantasy and PPR two straight years. He was second in non-PPR last year. Alex Smith got the job done. And Jordan Reed, in his last, you know, in his healthy season three years ago, was the number two tight end. He was amazing. Then, in 2016, he was on pace to be 
the number two tight end again. And then in 2017, pretty much a lost season due to injury. Um, somebody asked me about handcuffing Reed with Vernon Davis and just taking both of them. I, nope. I, I don't think that's the worst idea. I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> Why would you uh, – well, well, hold on. Let's qualify this. Let's say it's a regular fantasy league that goes 15 rounds, 12 teams. I don't care if it's PPR or not, and you start one tight end. Why would you put Vernon Davis on your roster? Okay, that's a good point. That's a good when point. When you can go and you could get Kittle, Eifert, Ebron, Najoku, Doyles, Kasicki. I'll tell you why. I'll Benjamin tell you why Watson, right now. Hayden Hurst. Let me read you the yards for for uh, Vernon Davis starting in no week one, four. No one's drafting him. 89, 65. No, that's fine, but if Jordan Reed gets hurt, everybody's going to want him off waivers. I don't know about that. Okay, I won't belabor it. It's not worth it. Uh, moving on in ADP, uh, George Kittle in round 10, end of round 10, beginning of round 11. And then let's get into the Colts, guys. Jack Doyle, followed by David Njoku, then Tyler Eifert, then OJ Howard. Why am I not seeing Eric Ebron? I may have skipped because over Because no him. one wants to Oh, yeah, because he's going, he's, he's tight end 22. Yeah, he's outscored at least half of those tight ends ahead of him. Dude, he has been so bad in his NFL career. Like, we grasp at straws for for reasons to like Eric Eric Ebron. I he just got married. Oh, well. Then. Yeah, I I think I think that uh, you don't have to grasp quite as hard. Like he has not finished as low as he is being drafted since his rookie year. Very He's true. Been better than that every year. Mm -hmm. He was like the number two tight end in the second half of 2017. 17 or, yeah, yeah, toward the end. And he had 711 yards in 13 games in 2016, but he only caught one touchdown. Um, so I, I don't think you have to reach that hard. Okay. I know, we bag on Eric Ebron a lot more than he deserves on, deserves. We bag on him because he hasn't come through. But he has come through more than some of the guys that are going to be drafted in front of him. Well, sure, because some of the guys have barely played or, uh, you know, just, or, you know, in the case of a couple, if he's ranked 22, there's probably a couple of players in front of him who, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a rookie ahead of him, for example. Here's, here's what I'm getting at. I, I get that switching to the scheme that's coming up in Indianapolis is going to be a good thing for him. Having Andrew Luck a quarterback should be a real good thing. Is it that much better than what he was doing in Detroit? And is, is Andrew Luck a supreme upgrade to Matthew Stafford? I shrug. I don't know if that's the case. Well, then you shouldn't have fully healthy Matthew Stafford that far behind, maybe healthy Andrew Luck. Well, the, well can Stafford's I can I just add 12. this? Can I just add this? If Jack Doyle got hurt and we're out for the year, yeah, I, I would get excited about Eric Ebron. But no, no, no. See, this is another misconception that's going on with this Colts offense because this this might be what makes you actually think twice about drafting Eric Ebron, and maybe this isn't such a bad thing. We all know who the top targeted receiver should be in Indianapolis this year, right? Who should that be? T.Y. Hilton. Who's second? Jack Doyle. Maybe. Or? What do you think? I think it could be Ebron. And the reason why is because I think they view him as a mismatched type of receiver who happens to be a tight end. And Frank Reich is familiar with that because he coached Zach Ertz and Trey Burton last 
couple of years in Philadelphia. And I think that they, I'm almost positive we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets from the Colts. Oh, yeah. Especially in the red zone. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that Eric Ebron's going to get a lot of those targets. Jack Doyle might have more touchdowns than Eric Ebron by the end of the year. But it wouldn't surprise me if Ebron had 40 more targets than Jack Doyle. I have Ebron projected for the second most targets on the Colts. But what do you have it at? What is that number? 91. Yeah. What about taking both of them and seeing how it shakes out? I think you might be wasting your time. Why? I, and because you don't know which one to start each week. Well, uh, and that's, okay, that's, that's going to be a problem all Luck. year. But but what if one of them becomes featured, you know, and we get a kind of a glimpse of it? I don't know. I don't see that not happening. Not into it? All right. No. And, yeah, I'm just not. Okay. All right, listen, I'm going to fire away with some more tight ends, and I just want you to tell me who, you, who you're interested in drafting. You know, I'm, I think we can sort of not pay attention to ADP because we're, we're late enough in the draft. We're, we're past round 10. Um, David Njoku. Late round pick, if that. Yeah, I'm not excited. OJ Howard. Not drafted. I can't draft him. I want to, Adam. I know why you like him. I agree with you. I just think he's in a rotten spot. Yeah. Uh, what was the stat? Like, every time he got more than four targets or something like that, he just, he like had a huge game. Um, in case anybody's interested, OJ had five games with either four to six targets. He had 52 or more yards in all five games and five touchdowns, and never had more than six targets in any of those games. All right, OJ Howard, they want to they want to see it. Uh, Tyler Eifert, I think he's an excellent pick with one of your final three choices. Hayden Hurst, I know we Heath, you like. Go him. get him. Okay, was that the Macho Man? That was kind of, yeah, a little bit. That sounded like Randy Savage. I'm, I'm so excited. About that the, makes me want to draft Aiden first. I'm so excited <laughs> about the Twitter poll that I posted that I can't think about anything else. What was it? And I'll tell you the dad joke at the end of the show. I remembered it. Okay, I, I put up uh, Nick Foles' sophomore stats against Carson Wentz's sophomore stats oh, without God. names. 85% of people said Foles was better. Oh, my God. Bro. Like, he wasn't. you got to get over it. Like, Carson Wentz, use your he eyes. He was better statistically. Use your eyes, sure. but he wasn't better. And what were his rushing stats? Did he rush for 300 yards? He, you can give the 300 yards to uh, Wentz. Okay. He had he averaged 9.1 yards per attempt. He's 119 QB rating. Uh, and on a related note, UCLA's offense should be a lot of fun to watch this uh, year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who else we got? Mike Kosicki. We talked about Jared Cook. There's some people that take him late. I yeah. I, I don't, don't get it. He's a streamer against a good matchup. Ricky Seals Jones. Kind of excited about him. There are people who are excited. Heath is one of them. I'm, I've heard that it's been very hot and cold at camp. I don't think I'd spend the, they really don't like that him. he can't block at all. They talk about that too much. Austin Tafari, well, he, he, he can't get into the bathroom either. Austin Tafari and Jenkins. ASJ probably won't be A-OK. Streaming tight end. Ben Watson. That's an interesting one as far as tight ends to begin your season with. And another guy to look at late on draft day. Tampa Bay at home week one. Cleveland at home week two. At Atlanta week three, shootout perhaps. At the Giants in week four, shootout perhaps. Washington at home in week five on Monday night. That's a nice little start for Benjamin Watson, yeah, isn't not bad, it? Not bad. That could be, that could also be one of your last picks. What if what if your last two picks on draft day, say you go the whole draft without a tight end, and you're in round 14, and you've already got your kicker, you've already got your defense, your team's loaded, you go back-to-back with Tyler Eifert 
and Ben Watson. The all old injured combo platter at tight end, but it might be something that gets you off to a good start. Last three guys, Cameron Brait, Charles Clay, Vance McDonald. McDonald is an interesting one. Yes. Hearing good things about him in Pittsburgh, but we know that there's an injury history with him too. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I mean, there's a guy to put on your radar. Yeah. Pittsburgh plays really at deep, Cleveland please. week one. That's a good matchup. So my son has a lot of hair. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. He's got, he was born with like a full head of hair. He's your son. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> First thing people say to me is, wow, look at that hair. But he also is developing like a legit mullet. It is really long in the back. So we were talking about what to do, my wife and I. You know, do we cut it? Like, do we take it to somebody to get cut? We couldn't figure it out. And I said, you know what, Allie? Mullet over. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Well, well done, sir. That's your tight end preview. Tomorrow, IDP. We'll have Chris Harris on to talk IDP and recap preseason week one. A lot of games tonight. Get excited. See you later, everybody. Uh, na, 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 na. <laughs>